0: i'm ryan ewing founder and editor at airlinegeeks.com and i'm kevin cortez
1: and welcome to inside aviation our first episode uh here we'll be talking about general aviation airlines business aviation space uas and kind of everything
0: in between um ryan what do you think how do you think this is gonna go uh, I think, I think we're going to give it a try here and talk about everything under the sun and in the aviation space. Pretty, pretty broad umbrella, but there's always, uh, always cool stories to be told and, uh, uh, plenty to talk about. Yeah. I think it'll be a space where we'll be able to like tap into like
1: topics that the community is talking about that basically nobody else is covering. And, uh, that was kind of the whole impetus of this, this podcast is seeing these topics nobody is addressing
0: and, uh, kind of engaging with community about it. Look, we're here to stir the conversation about the aviation space.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the main goal, right? Is kind of uh, yeah. bring a new voice to it and uh, kind of poke at it a little bit. But
0: yeah, uh, I mean, look, there's tons and tons of aviation content out there. But, you know, we're here to tell some of the, the compelling uh, stories that, that happen. And, uh, you know, we hope you enjoy it.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I think this episode's kind of like a testament to that because we... Uh, are talking to Jack Dalio, uh, who covers modern aviation for Flying Magazine. So what that means is he covers everything whether well, that's UAS, EV, toll, space, sometimes a little bit of defense stuff, and uh, that's something I think is really interesting. It's not talked about enough because it's going to be touching every part of aviation from you know flight schools to airlines to you know charter stuff. So I think it was cool talking to Jack Dalio about that today, and then we talked to Jack Sweeney about uh tracking taylor swift and elon and russian oligarchs and who else did he do mark cuban I think. mark
0: cuban that was my favorite
1: yeah that was uh that's an interesting one and uh, i would love to get maps tickets like uh like he did but yeah so these two guests i think are a good starting point for kind of what we're going with with the podcast and uh and talking about it um kind of how jack dalio um i feel like he's uh he's bringing the alarm for us like going like hey tolls coming and uh, it's uh, it's going to affect all of you. And uh, Jack Sweeney is obviously touching pop culture in weird ways. I, I would say
0: <laughs> there's a great there's a great conversation you know to be had around what Jack's doing in, in the pop culture space and and you know, you know yeah of uh, whether people have a reasonable expectation of privacy when they fly private.
1: No, oh, yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I'd I come out the whole Jack both Jack conversations is from a GA and pilot standpoint going like, Hey, I go eat. both of these topics, especially the Sweeney thing is going to be might affect us if, you know, legislation comes out of this or if, you know, the FAA gets involved with this track and stuff and, uh, it's just a rabbit
0: hole. We can go down and we kind of did yeah, with man. both of them, but, um, <laughs> well, and Jack's dealing with people, right? There's got big money and, and, uh, big money sometimes means a little more power with the legislators so exactly you know, well, yeah. We'll definitely see what happens yeah i don't know who should be he should be more
1: scared of like the russian oligarchs or the swifties and i think right now the swifties are really just coming after yeah them. it's uh yeah it's wild but yeah no we uh hope you enjoyed the first episode give us feedback let us know what topics you like and which you don't but uh but yeah All right, so we're talking to Jack Dalio today. He's a flying mag uh, staff reporter, right? Reporters, uh, his title. And uh, he covers EV toll, UAS, um, you know, anything of elect- electrification and aviation, um, basically that whole world. <laughs> today, we talked to him a little bit about uh, this new deal in uh, Dubai made by Joby Aviation, who got an exclusive for the taxi air service within the city. And we dove into that, a little more of the uh, legislation around uh, EVTOL in the U.S. and uh, the logistics of it all. But uh, anyways, here's Jack. All right, Jack, welcome uh, to Inside Aviation here. So we uh, were pulling you in because you had an interesting article here on the UAE doing an uh, exclusive deal with, I think it was Joby Aviation to do an electric taxi air service. I thought it was pretty interesting because, you know, obviously nobody else has done exclusive deal, but it also got me thinking, like, is this going to happen in the U.S. as well and other countries just because technically it's a taxi service uh, exclusive deal and it's not really like any other uh, mode of transportation. So this kind of leaves it open for airlines to take advantage of this.
2: Is that kind of right or is that kind of uh, am I reaching there? I mean, I think you're you're spot on that it's like a really it's a really unique arrangement that um I personally haven't really seen it with other forms of transportation. Um just to give people a bit of an overview, uh, Archer and Joby, these are two air taxi manufacturers, they're both based in the US. Uh they both have agreements in place to fly in Dubai. Uh but Joby this week, uh they, they signed this exclusive agreement. Uh, it's with Dubai's Road and Transport Authority. That's the the government entity that regulates public transport in the city. Um, so they have exclusive rights to operate air taxis there, uh, for six years, uh, beginning when they, they start service, uh, that's expected in 2025 or 26. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I, I think the, the closest analog that we have to these urban air mobility air taxis is ride share, right? Like, uh, your Uber and Lyft, uh, Joby Archer and a few others have made that comparison. Uh, Joby is actually a spinoff of Uber. Uh, used to be Uber Elevate. It's its own company now. Uh, and in Rideshare, you're not seeing cities do this. You know, say, uh, Uber is only allowed to drive customers in this city. Lyft can't operate here. Um, so I, I do think it's uh, something we haven't seen before. Um, and the fact that we are seeing it now opens the door for, uh, you know, to potentially pop up in uh, We definitely haven't seen it yet, but uh, I guess, depending on the success or failure of this, we could maybe see it pop up elsewhere.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And how does it conflict with like, because you also wrote about Archer announcing, you know, planned sale of 100 aircraft to an like a Dubai-based operator, Air Chateau. Like would that conflict with Air Chateau doing, you know, Dubai to, you know, other places' flights? Or is it like just within within
2: Dubai that would be the exclusivity of uh, Juby's agreement? Yeah, it's a great question. That was my first question to them. Um, so Archer, they haven't explicitly said that they won't be able to fly Dubai. Uh, according to what Joby is saying, that will be the case. Uh, but they have these these two agreements in place. Uh, one is with Falcon Aviation that's based in Abu Dhabi. Uh, the other is with Air Chateau. That's the company that you mentioned that they're selling 100 aircraft to. That's a Dubai-based company. Uh, both of those contracts uh, initially were meant to cover Dubai and Abu Dhabi. So they're going to continue to to maintain those contracts, but, uh, Dubai, it appears, will be off the table. So Jack, I have an airline
0: question for you. Hit me. That very, very curious to hear your thoughts. So, you know, we see these airlines going out there and making these, uh, we, sometimes put them in quotes, right? I mean, they're not always orders as much as they are firm commitments is what they'll sometimes call them for these electric air mobility airplanes, not always EVTOLs, but sometimes they are, you know, United made a significant, um, Agreement with, I believe it was Archer. Correct. That's right. And and then we have JSX, which is not technically an airline, but it's a charter up or a you know a, um, air carrier. We'll call them going out to do the same. Um, and I think JSX had a very substantial um, commitment for, from three different manufacturers. Um, in your mind, when you sort of see these uh, aircraft actually flying in revenue service for these carriers? Do you think uh, the timelines that they're giving, you know, some said late 2020s type of range is realistic, or do you think see that sort of slipping?
2: Yeah, it's it's a great question. and I think it's a loaded question, right? Because it's not just about the ability of these manufacturers to have the aircraft ready to fly and get them approved, get them type certified by the FAA. It's also the the whole ecosystem around them, right? Uh, it's the, the regulations that need to be in place uh, we're we're still a little bit behind in that department. The FAA has had a few blueprints come out, but no, you know, hard rules or regulations for operations. Uh, and then there's the infrastructure component is another huge piece of this. Uh, you've got a couple of companies working to install chargers nationwide, like you're seeing in the the EV space with Tesla, companies like that. Um, so you know these a few of these companies, Joby and Archer, have have said 2025 is their their target for entry into service. Um, and I think that it's it's very possible that we see some really initial operations that year, but it's going to take probably at least a few more years before we really see the scale that that these companies are envisioning that they become routine flights. Um, I know the FAA is kind of targeting 2028 as that year where we see uh, you know really air taxis all over the skies in, in major cities across the country. Um, so I think. Probably closer to that year, 2028 is when we'll really start to see uh, the, the services that these companies are, are talking about and really hyping up. Uh, I think early on, it'll be pretty limited. So
1: for, you know, it says here, like, you know, they've in Dubai, at least they've, you know, settled on a couple launch locations, Dubai, downtown, the marina, you know, their international airport, <clears throat> at least in the US. Like, sure, there's been like a couple um, locations where they're building just for EV toll. But like, aren't they, shouldn't they just be using GA airports in these cities that already exist and heliports that already exist? It feels like, you know, building all this extra like EV toll port situation is just going to run into the same issues as people are already having. Like we're trying to like get permits for a heliport in the middle of a city or, you know, airports are having with noise complaints and all that. I know the the whole thing with EV tolls that it's supposed to be quieter. But if you've heard one of these things, like in a demo, they're pretty loud and um, so yeah, what do you think about that? About like all the infrastructure
0: being built for it, and is it like actually necessary? Well, and I'm going to throw something in there too. Is that like it's still an uncharted regulatory space too, right? I mean, you know, in terms of you have heliports, you have airports, but you know, I'm sure the FAA, is asking the same question: what What's an UVTOL port, uh, and how is it different from heliport?
2: Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head, both of you there. I think you um, know it, it's an entirely different thing. There's going to be a whole permitting process that needs to be in place for VertiPorts just because uh, a lot of them are going to uh, involve having electric infrastructure there right away. Um, and, um, and and you you write about what you said, Kevin. You know the the idea of using existing airfields. That's like exactly the strategy that a lot of these companies are going for. Uh, Archer, for example, uh, they're looking at a route between Manhattan to Newark Liberty International and they're planning to use the downtown Manhattan heliport as kind of their their hub in Manhattan uh, so that's that's the strategy we're seeing a lot of these different companies look at too because you're right it doesn't make sense to you know stand up an entirely different airfield uh, for these operations like they're they're expensive enough already the the manufacturing costs none of these companies are producing revenue yet so it's you have to look to save money and, and be efficient wherever you can. And that's, that's an example of it.
1: Yeah, no, I think, yeah, it's, it's almost like the UV toll port's like a solution looking for a problem, at least now, because we don't really know like the use cases of EVTOL and how like adopted it's going to be by the general public. I feel like it's going to take a while. I mean, even helicopters still are like sketching people out. Um, another question I had about, about that is like, Why? start these air taxis and all this new tech for these new airframes when we have like you know a proven one with like helicopters here like should we just you know use the the engine and battery tech and just throw it in like a, a bell and that'll like solve the, the issue of like you know what they're going for with like electrifying everything and again i'm just coming from like you know pilot point of view and, and ga so that's kind of my questions with all this is like ev tool actually necessary when we have like airframes that work
2: yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I could tell you what, what these companies would say. And it's that, um, they're essentially creating, uh, you know, a zero emissions, low noise version of a helicopter. Uh, and, and the reason that you, you have this kind of hybrid configuration with the, the vertical lift and the cruise, uh, for efficiency, they're looking at a lot of them are looking at, uh, around 50 miles for, for an average trip, uh, and just the ability to take off vertically and then cruise for, you know, 90, 90, 95% of that flight. Um, it's the way they see it. It's, it's helping them save a lot of efficiency. Gotcha. So, yeah, so it'll be
1: like kind of like a hybrid helicopter plane that'll go faster and cover, you know, more ground. All right. No, so, I'm all
0: for it at the end of the day. Like, so not against. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I think one of the big questions that you guys touched on this a minute ago is the infrastructure component these at least, uh, you know, you walk around a target parking lot and you see, you know, these, one or two chargers for Tesla's and I'm sure, you know, in this EV toll space, the same problem is going to arise as what is kind of been arising with electric vehicles, which is you need infrastructure, you need charge ports, you need places for people to go charge these things. Uh, and there's, you know, a, a sort of a capital cost, uh, when it comes to, um, uh, building the infrastructure around it. Um, and so, you know, we had GSX go out and, and make this large commitment for these aircraft um, and part of that sort of commitment and the announcement that they made was that this would help small community air service. Um, and, you know, part of that I think is a little bit of a uh, play to the regulator perhaps as they're dealing with some regulatory challenges in their um, certification. But, but you know, when you think of a small airport uh, that has lost all air service and having to go in and perhaps install now fund the capital cost of installing this infrastructure up front, you know, don't you think that that might be a bit challenging for um, um you know for for JSX or, or somebody else uh, or even these small airports to fund this sort of thing? Uh yeah. I guess I think- my I guess my question to you is what you know what. <laughs> what sort of, you know, what sort of infrastructure is needed here, uh, and um, you know, how how realistic is it for, for some of these uh,
2: some of these airports to install it? Yeah, I think it, it will be really challenging. Uh, it's it's a big thing that people in the industry are talking about is you know how are we going to get the funding to install all of this stuff? Uh, and I think the answer that a lot of people are are hoping for is is federal funding. Uh, you're seeing more and more grants from the Biden administration. There was a recent one for a billion dollars covering 114 airports. Um, initiatives like that are are definitely going to help, but it's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be in place. It's more than just the, the chargers themselves. Uh, you know, it's also the, the ground support, the transportation on site. You know, a lot of airports are trying to, uh, electrify their ground vehicles as well. Uh, in the case of JSX, I think it's slightly different because the claim from some of the manufacturers that they're buying from, they're they're making hybrid electric models. Uh, and their their claim is that they won't need uh, you know additional electric infrastructure to be installed. They can fuel up with traditional jet fuel or, or with sustainable aviation fuel SAF. Um, so in that case, it might be a little bit different, um, but there's definitely going to have to be an overhaul at a lot of different airfields. Uh, and it's going to be a challenge, particularly for those smaller airfields like you mentioned that maybe aren't seeing as much service. Uh, and it's, it's kind of ironic because those might make an ideal location for, you know, EVTOL service where you don't have to deal with uh, traditional aircraft. Also sharing that airspace, uh, you know, it creates a headache for air traffic control. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a it's, a definitely a predicament that, that the industry is in.
1: Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think when this whole thing started, this whole like push to EV, talk, uh, you know, in the late 20 teens, I really just saw them as like, you know, tech companies coming in and trying to disrupt aviation, which, you know, is not always the, the best move, especially with this industry. But as it's gotten further along, I've seen them like partner with, you know, a lot of like established like aviation companies, uh, organizations, like even NASA now has a, uh, you know, air mobility study, um, which I think is pretty interesting. We can dive into in a whole different episode. Um, but also I think they're gonna eventually have to like, you know, partner up with like FBOs. Maybe it's like a signature EV toll situation where they like start doing like their own EV toll, you know, charging ports and, and all that, or Atlantic or or one of these. Um, because they already know the logistics of like, you know, ground operations for private aviation, even like charter stuff like uh like Jet Suite now does, um kind of charter, it's like one thirty five, right? Yeah.
2: Um well, you mentioned Atlantic. So yeah, Atlantic actually just yeah. recently partnered with Archer, Joby, and Beta Technologies. That's another. Well, there we go. Actually, so see, I love yeah, to see that. So they're looking at installing charges <laughs> at their FBOs. Clay Lacy Aviation is another one. Uh, two of their nice. FBOs in California. They're looking at uh, working with Joby. See, that's the perfect thing.
1: See, yep. it, it took like these guys, like these companies, to realize like, hey, we need to use like these assets inside the industry instead of coming in and going like, hey, we're doing our own thing. Um, because I think that'll that'll just like help since they already have it down to a science. The other thing I want to say real quick is I've noticed like, I think it was like Lilium and, uh, Overair have been hiring a bunch of government affairs people from like AOPA and BAA and like other aviation companies, which is pretty interesting because they're like, you know, leaning into these yeah, people who have, you know, years of experience and, you know, dealing with the FAA and, uh, you know, legislation, legislative bodies. So,
0: yeah. That was my that was my next
2: question. You, it was sort of where do you see the regulatory landscape going here, Jack, in the next couple of years? It's a uh, it's a question that I don't think anyone has the answer to. You know, we can only speculate. But uh, you know, progress is it's slow, but I think it is steady now. Uh, you know, AAM Advanced Air Mobility is something of a priority for the FAA. Now, uh, the new administrator, Michael Whitaker, uh, used to be at Supernal. That's the air taxi subsidiary of Hyundai. So he brings that expertise to the table. Uh, Billy Nolan, who just departed, he joined Archer as their chief safety officer. So there's definitely um, something of an onus that the FAA has, uh, you know, especially when you consider the, this idea of, you know, having the U.S. be the leader in this space. Uh, you know, recently we had Ehang over in China. They got the first type certificate for an EVTOL. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there are certain folks in the FAA that see that as a threat. They want to, you know, get on top of that and, and be the leader, um, so I would, I would expect there to be a sense of urgency in terms of the legislation coming forward. Uh, and FAA reauthorization also has some implications for that. There's, uh, you know, some, some language in there that would require the FAA to come up with a, a solid plan for air taxi integration in the next couple of years. So there's, the ball is rolling. It's just, uh, it's difficult to say exactly how it'll play out. But I think the, the one thing I can say is that the philosophy right now is to, make use of existing infrastructure regulations as much as possible.
0: Well, and it almost that's, seems
2: like, you know, you were saying too, Kevin, with, with the FBO partnership and that
0: sort of thing that, you know, obviously the DOT funds essential air <laughs> service <laughs> activities. <laughs> yeah, um, and, you know, that's a fairly substantial program. But, you know, it, uh, very well might be an opportunity down the road to, uh, um, to sort
2: of
0: have the DOT... Fun um, you know, activities around establishing this infrastructure, or something like that, or uh, uh, that, that that might be even more efficient than uh, than the essential air service structure. So,
2: yeah, I'll say one thing: you know, if, if the US does want to be the leader in this space, that I think that's probably going to have to happen. There is going to have to be you know, a little bit more funding, probably poured into the industry, whether that comes from the government or from investors. Uh, but the things probably need to accelerate a little bit for us to become the the leader, so to speak.
1: Well, Jack, I'm sure we'll be bothering you a bunch to hop on here to tell (laughs) us about it, because this is evolving like way quicker than I can even keep up. And it's it's exciting. I like it. And I think, you know, people in aviation need to just embrace it because it helps everybody helps drive funding
0: to airports and uh, different programs. But uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure you subscribe. We didn't already plug it. We should plug it. Uh, Jack's newsletter comes out every Thursday modern flying yeah and jack curates it it's one of the best out there if you want to learn anything about what's going on
2: uh highly recommend i read it every thursday i'll I'll piggyback off of that plug you can you can find that um it's linked at the bottom of all my stories or you can follow me on x twitter whatever we call it these days uh jack underscore dalio there's a link in my bio so give it a read cool man thanks jack thanks jack thanks for having me
0: All right, so we're calling this one the Jack and Jack episode. We've got another Jack coming on, who is Jack Sweeney, who is the uh, sort of controversial figure on Twitter and X who's been tracking recently, most recently, Taylor Swift's airplane uh, and, uh, and was called a, quote, awful human being by Elon Musk on Twitter. So uh, he's a college student and aviation enthusiast, and he uh, wants to share his story. So here's Jack Sweeney. All right, we're here, Jack Sweeney. Uh, who's joining us here on Inside Aviation, um, Jack? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah. about your background, uh, and uh, maybe what made you famous?
3: Yeah. So um, I'm Jack Sweeney. Um, you know, I've always been interested in aviation. My dad uh, worked for an airline and has for many years, so that's kind of how I guess I had some interest in it. And then I've always been interested in tech. Um so that's kind of as a kid i was always messing with computers or whatever related to technology and uh at some point you know i became familiar with like flight tracking apps like flight radar 24 um my dad would always have that and then um i somehow became aware that elon musk had a private chat like and i kind of put it together that like it would be interesting to see where he goes because like he's always got something going on and that's Really, during COVID, I started like making the bot to, you know, automatically track it and get notified about when that plane takes off or lands. And uh, then I started doing it for more people. And Elon contacted me about his jet being tracked on Twitter. And that's all history now, pretty much.
0: I want to lead off with this because I, I mean, we're all on this show, we're all aviation know we have aviation backgrounds we know a lot about adsb tracking public information what's not public what is um but i jack i want to hear from you you know why don't you tell tell us a little more about B tracking and
3: kind of uh, help people understand you know what it is and what it does yeah so um you know back a long time ago planes just had like basic transponders and people use radar but now the planes you know they have ADS-B automatic dependent surveillance broadcast and so that's like a standard that the transponders are in the planes that are mandated whether it's the faa and other governments around the world that pretty much everywhere that's required the plane is transmitting just like am or fm uh the the altitude the heading uh the latitude and longitude um all that the identifier and which is like linked back to the tail number um and so much more stuff like uh the there's also an accuracy of the gps signal which is a really another interesting thing that people have found to create maps of like gps interference so like Really, this data is really interesting, and um, you know, thousands of people have set up receivers around the world, and people have created networks of this ADSB data, and I—that's what I pull from, and then I'm able to, to deduce where these jets are landing and taking off from.
1: Can you explain like why, like people on Flight Radar 24 and FlightAware aren't able to track, you know, some of these block tail numbers, but you, you and other people can, you know, grab the tail number and all that.
3: Yeah, so FlightAware and Flight Radar twenty four, while they have their they have networks of ADSB receivers too, they also use government information from the FAA. Um, but when they get that information, they sign a thing that says, um, "You know, if you get this information, we have this list of aircraft of operators that want their aircraft blocked." But if you are not using the FAA data, the live data, um, then you have to block those aircraft, but if you're not using it, then you don't, but that's, that's not the same thing as like going to look up the ownership, ownership, uh, info, like on the registry, like I could still do that. Or, um, you can still do FOIAs and get the registration that's- documents.
1: Yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. that's it, so a quick, just nerdy question. Um, this network is pretty global then because like, you know, with your recent, you know, tracking of Taylor, you were able to do it all you know, from um, Japan all the way here. West.
3: Well, so yeah, the individual ADSB mm-hmm. networks, they all have like their own different coverage. I mean, like even ADSB mm-hmm. exchange is not perfect. Like you'll see they have requests out for various airports. Um, but with, with her recent trip, that was her charter jet with VistaJet yeah. and that's not even a blocked plane. So like Yeah, I mean they they not, put that not call was, sign. That was a while. Yeah, yeah not it, only was
0: it not vlogged, but didn't they didn't to tell you that that it yeah, was the one so
3: like we were at people were sending me information and that that flight radar twenty four thing where they put that the 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 football era on that charter jet, that's not even a call sign. Like someone manually modified the system, the tracking system, to like put that on there that's not even like the plane put that out, but like that requires some work to do.
1: Yeah. I was on Ryan that day when we saw that, that it was like the football era and the backup quarterback was the, the other jet. Um, yeah. I was like, dude, Vista jet had to have taken like a haircut to be able to like advertise this.
3: Yeah. I don't, I, would say. I don't know. I wish I really knew. wish I knew what was going on there, but, uh, she's, sure. she keeps okay. on using Vista jet. Like, uh, that's what she used to get to Melbourne. And, People keep tracking those jets on uh, on Flight Radar 24. And yeah. Well, yeah, is Vista and, Jet
1: and Patrick's company? Patrick Mahomes? Or what's his?
3: I don't think Patrick so. Patrick has I, like
0: an investment in one of these companies.
1: It's, anyways.
3: It's probably, Patrick probably has something that wheels up. Everybody has something. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, there you go. It's always wheels up for the athletes. But, but Jack, you know, and I saw too, you just mentioned Melbourne. uh, sydney airport i think it was sydney airport actually because i, I guess you had to stop they posted the photo of VistaJet jet global out there in the rain you know that was obviously elliswitch airplane and I'm, is... I'm
3: not even the one that's like posting the chart of check because like i'm distracted by all this and stuff and like i that's why i love the bot that i've written because like i just you know i set it up i tell it the jets and like that's what I love about it. It's automated for the most part, unless I'm like working on a new update or fixing bugs with the system. So, yeah. so, you know,
0: go like, out on Twitter or X,
3: you know, <laughs> a lot of people
0: may not be fans of what you're doing. Why are you doing
3: it? Um, well, yeah, I mean, reg- um, so for one, I mean, you know, there's always going to be haters. Um, And, you know, uh, originally when I started, uh, you know, I have this aviation interest, which is still part of it. So I think it's cool. Um, And there's like that newsworthy part of it. I mean, you know, everybody's interested in where she is. And that goes for all the jets that I'm tracking. Um, And now it really seems to be like important to share because these people want it hidden. Like, you know, it almost makes you want to keep doing it because like, we, we know it's there and like for them to try to take it down, it just feels like wrong from someone that knows that like this can be done. It's not illegal. like. But And, and I don't, you know, I don't
0: know. And I'm not going to sit here and speculate what nasty letter Taylor Swift's lawyer sent you, but you know, I think some people might claim that you have a reasonable expectation of privacy uh, when you're on a so-called private jet.
3: Do you think that's true? um i mean to a certain extent but you know it's this is the technology i'm not the one that made this technology um and that's the way it is i mean i'm not there's other people that are you know pulling up to the plane i'm not telling people to show up to the plane and take pictures or like follow the car that leaves the plane i'm you know i i'm like sharing it as a factual side um And, like, I try not to, like, go on anybody's side of, like, oh, I don't like this person, you know? It's simply, like, putting the information out there, kind of like journalism. Um, You know, and at this point, like, regardless if I do it or not, like, other people are going to do it. Um,
1: Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask is, like, has anybody reached out for you to, like, build a bot to track a certain jet or, you know, even, like, environmental organizations going, like, hey, we need to, like, expose the use of, these jets for these companies, these people,
3: et cetera. Uh, not, I mean, there's, a uh, Riley Chase, who's runs this guy, uh, or, uh, runs this company, uh, Hostify, uh, which hosts like Ubiquity software. We, we set up a bot for the Ubiquity CEO for his jet. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And then, uh, there's someone who's like a son of, like another guy that has a private jet and I set up a bot for him because like apparently after the, the grandfather died, none of the family gets to use the jet and he wanted to know where his father's jet was going and it's on the blocklets. And so I helped him with that. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's really like one of the reasons why I want to set up like more of a website where I can do notifications because like, I think that's really something that I do well is like, you know, there's all this unblocked stuff, but people want to be notified. We can't be sitting on the computer watching this website all day. Um, yeah.
1: And you can't be relying on like, you know, Twitter posts or X posts, because eventually, yeah. you know, who yeah. knows what'll happen there. Um, all right. So I have another question for you. I, you know, I know there's like the whole like carbon footprint side of, to this, which I'll get to, but I think like Elon's concerns and we're like other you know, CEOs or corporations concerns might come into is like just business intelligence of like yeah, their private jets and I where their executives are going. Like, can you talk a little bit about that and like what you've hit in that? Outside yeah. Of the
3: thing? So with Elon, I think there's like a few things going on. Why he really didn't like it. And for one was like the employees, even like senior executives at Tesla, SpaceX and Twitter, they would follow the account to know like when he was, would be in the office. And then the other part of it is, um if like two jets meet up in one area of like this company and this company then they're probably doing a deal uh I think a good example of that is well people already knew this was happening, but uh Elon's jet Tesla uh they flew to Reno Nevada and they had a you know like a couple hours later they had an event with Pepsi and who they were announcing was this you know uh using the tesla semis and they had the order um and pepsi i think pepsi jets also flew in there too private jets so like yeah. so
1: that's that just thinking like from monetization point of view you can sell this like as a product i, to like I know companies. yeah like, totally um i've
3: right. heard that it's interesting i've heard that like there's this, like might be like some platforms out there that like people are using to like trade on yeah. like this yeah we're not known. i don't know
1: yeah because you can just create an api and plug it into anything that's that's super interesting um just to back up a little bit um can you talk a little bit about like the recent book that came out that talked about you and uh you know at least according to them you were one of the reasons that elon purchased twitter
3: yeah so um the the book uh you know talks about you know it's like the whole timeline of elon buying twitter and a lot of the he used the book when he was, or he used Elon Jet when he was writing the book. And it talks about like certain things were happening on his plane, um, certain important business decisions. And uh, he brings up how right after he was trying to, same time that Elon was messaging me, he was also messaging the then uh, CEO of Twitter, uh, asking him to suspend my account. And that didn't work. And then like, you know, a few weeks later, he starts buying Twitter stock, like which is like really weird. Um, and uh, I talked to the author of the book, and he said that people he talked to certainly thought that uh, my account had really pushed Elon to buy Twitter. That's Look, insane. That's crazy. I mean, I, I like, you know, no way to know if it's true, but like it just yeah. Maybe people, we can
0: just tweet at Elon and ask. Yeah. So um go ahead, Ryan. Oh no, I was just gonna, you know, go go off the Elon thing, you know a couple of weeks ago, right before the Super Bowl, I think he called you quote, awful human being. Those are his words. Yeah. On Twitter. I'm sure you saw that post. How does that sort of make you feel, Jack? I mean, like, you know, I mean it's I-
3: kinda it's kinda crazy because like I still think he does like good stuff with Tesla and SpaceX, but obviously I don't like that. Um I mean I guess uh well first off he didn't like it in the first place and then, then like it's all over the internet now so like obviously he's not gonna like it
1: has he like offered anything to you to be like hey just um, don't so track me
3: when he was con- when he first contacted me Uh, you know it was like a month of messaging like a message a week maybe and then he was like how about 5,000 for the account and then I asked for 50 because like five thousand is like really nothing like it is like a good amount of money but like for what the stakes are at like i don't think it was worth to take it down for that especially when he bought something for 44 billion
1: um cool so um yeah going off of just like twitter quotes again um i noticed your tweet i think it was last night about jet lag as a choice and uh talking about carbon emissions um is that something that you actually believe in? Like, Hey, we should, you know, tone down private jet use, or is that something you're just kind
3: of leaning into? Like, it's just like cut off private jets. It's obviously going to like create a bigger issue. Like people can't do the business they need to do. But like, I don't think people should be posting pictures like really like Kim Kardashian or, or like talk like that when you're in a public spotlight, I don't think it's good. Like I, I put the, you know, I put the emissions stuff in the landing posts, and, like, I try to just leave it to that, because, like, I feel like people don't really, like, respect, like, people like Greta Thunberg that much, because it's, like, just over the top. You know, with carbon. Stuff. But, like, when I saw that thing that she said at the Super Bowl, I was like, that's kind of, like, really messed up, especially, like, in your spotlight. Like, I don't think that, like, someone that high up should, like, want people to think that, like, she's just someone who doesn't care, you know? And her, I've seen a lot of talk of, like, where her fans want her to speak up on issues more, and it seems like she doesn't, like, really do it, you know?
1: Yeah. Okay, just to be honest, when she first said that, I was like, that's awesome, just from an aviation point
3: of view. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. cool. But, I mean, you know, it,
1: I, I know where you're coming true. from.
3: It seems cool, the, like, but, stuff. It doesn't seem like the responsible thing to do. Yeah,
1: no, I know where you're coming from with all that. So my question to you, like a follow up to that is like, so Taylor and like, you know, Kim Kardashian, obviously, Elon get a bunch of, you know, criticism for their private jet use and like carbon footprint. But at the same time, there's like, you know, companies like John Deere, Sands Corporation in Vegas, MGM International, who have like these fleets of like G550s, G4s, a 747 for Sands Corp, Mm -hmm. and they're flying them daily. Yeah. like. it's no. like they're getting away with it and these guys are taking the brunt of it. Yeah, and even like um
3: Drake, uh Yeah, seven sixty seven. Yeah. That's One. like really kind of messed up. Um it's different with like Mark Cuban with the seven fifty seven because he doesn't he doesn't fly that around. I don't know what's going on with Drake's, but like Mark Cuban's is for the football team or the the basketball team. Yeah, so that makes
1: a lot more sense because they would have to charter um, from an airline anyways for that.
0: So well, but then there's also like other NFL teams, you know, our other athletic teams and yeah. NFL teams, you know, Patriots. I think, I think, I think they see. still have it. They might have recently got rid of the seven, six, sevens they had. Um, yeah. But the Phoenix, uh, Arizona Cardinals uh have a seven. Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's just
1: interesting that these people are getting the brunt of it when, you know, there's these corporations yeah. just like, um, crushing right <laughs> sure well, um, um but not to get too far from that um you touched on mark even a little bit you uh you were tracking him for a sec right
3: and yeah uh, yeah and then what happened with that he also contacted me like messages were kind of like weird because like he said one thing and then like i agreed to like stop um and like he kind of changed what he was gonna do like he said he would like tweet about it and he said that he's glad I'm, I stopped but then like he didn't really do that um I've gotten math tickets from him uh <laughs> <but> he, <laughs> least he can do right yeah um and and he said like uh by ending this you'll have me as your friend for life uh but like I'm not gonna stop for s- it's like kind of crazy because you would think that like Elon or Mark Cuban would be the person to send a letter like that, not Taylor Swift. Like it makes you almost want to not, you know, it makes someone who comes like at a nicer aspect, like Mark Cuban, like, um, it makes you want to stop more than someone who sends a letter like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought, You know, from my point of view, the Taylor thing was um, weird just because, you know, we've seen how Elon's hit like an impasse, like legally with all this. Um, So I guess to round it out is where are you as much as you can talk to us about it with um, any legal issues with Elon or and or Taylor? There's like nothing basically. Like it's just like a letter. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that cost her more in PR than anything and put more attention on it than anything.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, Elon said he would... am uh, taking legal action against Sweeney or whatever. Um, and, you know, like, companies like ADSB Exchange, they just don't put it in the spotlight. They have received, you know, hundreds of seasoned assists even before I started doing this. Like, uh, Bernard Arnold, he sent, like, two season assist to adsb exchange you know then famously he sold his private chat because someone else started tracking him like i did on twitter Um, yeah yeah well and then there's you know an
0: adsb exchange you can track a variety of military aircraft as well that yeah that uh you know might be considered sensitive by the u.s government
3: yeah there, there was some representative that talked to one of the military magazines and they were like They didn't like it, actually, but, like, it's crazy because they're allowed to turn it off, really. Yeah, they can't. That's what I was
1: about to say. It's usually when they have it on it's because they want people to see, so... Um, That's interesting. Um, So, quick question. If you had to give someone a tip to avoid getting tracked, like like me, I'm gonna go buy a jet, and I don't want to get tracked by Jack Sweeney. What steps could I
3: take to do that? Um, Wait, um, okay, so, um, you know, obviously you put it on the FAA L A D D list. Um, honestly that might be enough, but like you can also get PIA and then a third party call sign, but like you start to inconvenience your like maintenance operations and stuff with that because stalling that is like not it's it's painful. Um you get a you get a once you get approval from the FAA, then you have to give that usually to your aircraft manufacturer. Yeah. And then they put new a ton of layers. Yeah. it's uh... Okay. I think Swift and other people would be better off giving money to like the NBAA to like get, you know, laws in place and stuff for them changing this stuff.
1: That's mm-hmm. what I was about to talk to you about is like the legislative like problem with this is like, <laughs> if there is legislation that eventually, you know, allows like a tailor to block her aircraft information from ADSB yeah. yeah. receivers, that would have, that would require actually probably like all the ADSB yeah. receivers inside aircraft already to be updated somehow yeah. to be able to still pick up that data. Cause that's like a safety of flight issue. If you can't, yeah, so you know?
3: there's like a bill in the house yeah, there's there's a there's an F, one of the FAA bills and one of the things it says is within a year of passing of this that the FAA would have to do a study on encrypting ADSP. One of the other things is that kind of like the LAD list that people could request their information not be on the FAA registry. Um know what else there is oh and then that there's also another program kind of like pia where they can uh just get different hex codes that transponder codes for their plane
1: is yeah it's it's that's a whole the the thing with that is so i was like on a a comms team that was communicating the adsb upgrade back in 2019 when it was all happening and that itself just implementing adsb was in aircraft was just a pain So, like getting them to be like, hey, you got to read encrypted stuff now and you got to update it this way, it would be also just like, yeah, the same
0: problem.
3: Yeah, exactly. And like the, that's, that's the US aspect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is there, are you aware of any, Jack, other countries that sort of manage ADSB privacy at all? Or is there any other places where you can't, uh, you can't track certain? Um,
3: So, the interesting thing is, uh, they somehow expanded the PIA program recently to be like a little bit more international. Um, I saw like, well, it's actually a guy I know that graduated from UCF and he has a private jet and he flew to like Japan or something and it kept, he, he didn't install PIA himself and the code doesn't change because like they don't care, but it's just a leftover And it flew to uh Japan with the PIA code on. Like uh and so I the MBAA released a statement about how the program recently expanded. But it wasn't about like flying completely internationally. It was kind of like over maybe like the Caribbean or something like that. Uh so I don't know. It's it's not very transparent and I I want to know what's going on, like what's how that program is expanding. I just got kind of a, a left field
0: question, but I, I've been curious based on the discussion we just had is that, you know, um, to kind of send a cease and desist notice, you got to have some basic, basic, basic legal ground to do it. You got to find something uh, that claims that, you know, the person's being damaged, right? Um, not a Not a lawyer, not a legal expert, but, you know, read a few of this here and there that I'm sure there's gotta be something. So what are these, you know, from a legal standpoint, what are they claiming? Are they claiming that you're violating their reasonable right of privacy?
3: Um, I mean, they just tried to like cite, uh, there's somewhere where it's like they're citing like California, like stocking laws or something, but like in that law. And the thing is like, I'm in Florida anyway. So like you would have to, it's crazy. Um, But in there, for every statement, there's an exception for newsworthy information, too. Um, So, like, that's kind of crazy. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I was looking over the letter a little bit earlier. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there is. you don't even need me to say this because there's tons of people other commenting (laughs) it. Like, you wouldn't send it, you know, state, like, more legal stuff than, like, other people's Instagram comments. Like, that's kind of crazy them to do that uh, yeah
1: well nope. i have one more question for you and ryan might have another but uh what's the end game of all this or like what's your plan with this and oh. i swear that wasn't a taylor swift lyric it
3: uh, just came
2: out. man
3: <laughs> i'm sorry i was trying not to do it the whole time <laughs> well honestly i i really would like to do that website it just dealing with social media especially when your accounts get suspended and the fact that you know you can't have an account for every jet you're tracking is like i not not the best um but i mean yeah i just want to like stick to aviation and software development because that's what i'm interested in that's awesome
1: yeah well yeah keep us updated on that we'd love to
3: talk about the, the yeah. website as you get that going yeah and then, right i mean i, I- because on the feeder, on the data side, like, I mean, I have my alternative to ADSP exchange, which is, like, not as huge. I mean, you know, there's a lot of alternatives now. But, like, in the last, like, month or two, I've gained, like, maybe, like, a 100 to 200 people sending data, which is, like, crazy. It's, like, it's kind of, like, satisfying to see, like, all the data coming in and, like. So uh, that's
0: awesome. Well, actually, you <laughs> kind of took my last question, but I'll ask it differently is, how many
3: followers have you gained since the Super Bowl on Twitter? If you had to guess, it's probably like at least fifteen thousand. I would guess, like, yeah, because like, that's my new account. Like, my original Twitter account before it got suspended was like one hundred fifty thousand. Um, yeah, and then the original Elon Jet account was like four hundred fifty thousand. I think you know, yeah,
1: and those got suspended by
3: yeah i mean or i once elon bought it or i yeah uh i had like 30 twitter accounts probably uh let me pull up the list real quick because like they weren't even all tracking people uh or personal jets i mean um uh so like some of the other ones i had were like uh the nasa aircraft which i actually brought back recently um and then weather planes, like the, the hurricane hunters and stuff like that. The firefighting ones, which is actually like one of the least working accounts because those firefighting planes fly in like rural areas, so the coverage for ADSB is not really good. But uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't got anywhere near setting up accounts like that because it's just like too much work to...
0: What are some other yeah. ones that you uh, you want to set up? Do you have any other ideas that you're uh,
3: curious um, I about? had Oh, I also had uh, experimental planes, transport planes, and then the Virgin ones, like Virgin Galactic, Virgin mm-hmm. Orbit. I Dude,
1: hope. that is like... Just thinking from our side, that would also be really good for our editorial team to track like Piper's new plane testing right now. Like
3: yeah, exactly but that's right. like a whole like use case for it. Yeah, but, that's what I had on the experimental, like the triple seven X, all the test cool. Streams. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, There's
3: a lot of movement, you know, on the Boeing side of that too. We
0: will kind of see where they are in their testing process. That's yeah. it's a whole thing we can get into in a
1: whole episode of oh, Boeing yeah. tracking. Well, Jack, uh, this was like really cool, and uh, I, we just wanted to talk to you from an aviation point of view, and uh, yeah, I think th- this, this helped answer some questions I had about the whole thing. Yes.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, it's anyway. enjoyable when it's aviation people, because you know, you're know you unable to like understand more between each other with how it goes yeah. on.
1: Cool. Well, I'm sure we'll have Great. you on
3: again. But thanks. Thank you
1: for having me.
0: All right. Thanks for tuning in to Inside Aviation, pilot episode, or uh, so-called Jack, Jack episode. Uh, tune in next week for more exciting aviation content be sure to follow all flying magazines aviation brands across all our social media platforms we got obviously flying magazine itself, plane and pilot airline geeks, avweb many more thanks for tuning in
1: how are you going to expense
0: the uh, eclipse flight you have well, to go on that. Well, it's actually sold out now. Earlier this morning, when we were before we recorded, it was fifteen hundred bucks. Don't think, uh, I don't think I'd be able to expense that one, dude. But this would be a perfect. Out.
1: It'd be a perfect flight for Southwest to try their new interior on because nobody's going to complain about it. Um,
0: um, and you know, Delta is putting a two twenty on this flight from Austin to to Detroit um, because it's got bigger windows and. 20 twenty's got a window in the lavatory, so you know you're you're gonna be able to see the solar eclipse no matter where you are in the airport. <laughs> That's dude. That would be that would be my choice. Um, yeah, <laughs>
1: but <laughs> but uh, two questions I have on you for that is what happens if it gets delayed? Can I get a refund on it if I paid for it? Are they guaranteeing a clip sighting? And two, if, dude, if these were able to be resold, you can uh,
0: mark these on Ticketmaster so much. Well, first of all. I don't think there's a provision in the contract carriage Delta that allows that, uh, allows for a, a refund uh, on a non refundable ticket, Eclipse dependent. But I will tell you, even though the flight sold out and Southwest flights are really expensive still for a Southwest flight. I mean, they're, you know, 600 or so bucks. Uh, the problem with Southwest is that you're not guaranteed a window seat. So. <laughs> you know, you're you're gonna take a gamble regardless. Uh you're gonna have but, to buy that A list. You know, there's a few workarounds around it. Um, you know, plenty of flights out there. You might be able to I'm not gonna give away my my secrets, but you might be able to go find one that's very similarly timed on another airline that hasn't advertised it. Yeah. And uh, uh my secret doing. is the the toilet
1: seat with the window. That's your yeah, secret. It's the best view. Um, cool all right i think that's good for that, that is good um all right do you want me to do jack
0: Daly's intro
1: yeah you do and... jack i'll do